we're going to introduce Charles, one of our pastors here, and he is going to share with us an Easter message. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, John. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the river. Happy Easter. You having a good day so far? Yeah, Easter is so fun. I just love Easter. It's the best Christian holiday. Because we're celebrating resurrection and life, right? Also, Lent is over. Yeah? Who's happy Lent is over? Yeah. I can eat sweet things again. That's awesome. Well, it's been a great season. As Sarah mentioned, as a church community, we've been praying uh, for God to do something that we cannot do for ourselves. We call them God stories, and they're hanging over there. And we have lots of great God stories this year. I would like to read you a few of those stories. Would you like to hear some of these experiences that people have had over the last six weeks? One person wrote, Lent is a crazy magical time, and I'm kind of terrified of it. I went into Lent with two big asks. Relationship restoration with my partner and financial breakthrough. Both have happened or happening, and I can barely explain how. Parenthesis, crazy magic, that's how. I don't know when and how, but my partner and I went from a bad place relationally and always arguing for two plus years to closer than ever before. We have two kids, and if you have kids, then you understand how crazy magical this actually is. Both big asks have been delivered, and I am in awe. Lent is a crazy magical time, and I'm kind of terrified of it. But amen, he is risen. (laughs) Isn't that great? Great story. Woo! Yeah, you can clap. It's, it's allowed to clap around here. It's a freestyle church. Be yourself because we want to connect with God authentically. Anyway, another person wrote, for quite, some, for quite some time, I have envisioned a particular life for myself, one of which is a three-day work week, doing work that will generate income. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like... Right? Income for my family, three days of work. Yeah, amen. That, that's a God, that takes God, right? God's story. You know, while allowing me to pursue my other passions, on top, you know, it's cherry on top, everything. This past year, there was no prospects or real leads for such work. No kidding, right? <laughs> So for this year's 40 Days of Faith, I really prayed and lifted up my dreams and desires with no filter, like risking it, you know, really want it. And out of what seems like nowhere, I was offered an opportunity to work for a previous employer part-time three days a week. What was being offered checked all my boxes and offered more than I could have hoped for. This really felt like a God story, an answered prayer that has given me tremendous encouragement and hope. Because it feels like God has a plan for me. 
And God's plans are good. More on that later. But anyway, I am so grateful and feel blessed for this deeper sense of connection with God, my source of hope, and a life beyond my imagination. Yeah, right? I want that kind of life. It feels like wind is behind your back. Stuff's working out. That sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Another person wrote, My family had a bunch of big asks during this Lenten season. Five, in fact. You know, you are encouraging people to go for one big ask. (laughs) This person is like, you know, if I'm going to go for it anyway, five big asks. Why not? So so first was a kidney transplant for my mother-in-law. That's not easy. You know, I've been watching a lot of medical shows, like Good Doctor. Anybody into Good Doctor? It's a good show. Kidney, I mean, you got to get on a list, and it takes like 10 years, and it's like you got to have the right, I mean, it's just like impossible. Like, it's like, if you get a match, they are like all in action because they get so excited. It's like a miracle. Like, have you seen those things? So kidney transplant for my mother-in-law during this time. Wow. Acceptance into a doctorate program and direction from God for which program I should choose. So this person's already assuming God will allow a number of acceptances <laughs> and he will have to choose and God will give him direction. All right, I like this faith, you know, attitude. It's going to work out. Third one I really like. This person was praying our kids would go to River Kids Church without complaining. <laughs> you know, River Kids love their River Kids, but they're very little kids, I think. I, I think I know who this is. <laughs> because, uh, you know, all these prayer items. As a pastor, I've been, you know, I'm aware of need from people. And they're very little kids, and when they're very little, you know, it, it's, it's tough. They don't want to like be separate. The separation anxiety, you know. For revitalization in my prayer life, and for the river's long-term financial sustainability. Yeah, yes, you know, <laughs> raising my salary. I want that. I, I like this person. This is really like good list of prayers. Yes, you know. And the person says so far. The first four of these have happened. Four out of five. That's amazing. For the last big ask, we have started getting weekly lotto tickets. (laughs) 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 Ah, Love this person. Ah. But our numbers haven't come up yet. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. It just, like, cracks me up. (laughs) Wonderful. I really hope number five happens. (laughs) I want raising my salary. Yeah. Let's go for it. Isn't it great to hear these uh, God stories? So encouraging, you know? Not every prayer gets answered. But, like, when you see other people's prayers get answered like this, it's awesome. I mean, these are... 
you know, big asks. They haven't happened for years and years. And in this short period of time, we go for it and we see so many more answered prayers than we have any right to ask for. So that's just really encouraging to hear about and, and encourages us to live by faith more, that life doesn't have to be such a grind, that there can be wind at your back, that God can actually have your back, that life can actually flow a little bit easier. Isn't that great? I want to read you some uh, stuff from River Kids as well because they were, uh, during six weeks of Lent, they were learning about the upside-down love of Jesus. And uh, they were having a great time. So I want to read you a couple of things from what they wrote down. It's made good impact. My own kids loved it. One kid wrote, I have learned that God will love you even if you make a mistake in life. That's just lovely. God's love is upside down because he accepts anyone and everyone. That's a good thing to grow up with. I can make a mistake. That gives you resilience. That allows a person to take risks. And that's the kind of foundation for a successful life. That's awesome. Another kid wrote, The upside-down love of Jesus means that Jesus can love the lesser, the poorer, the disabled, and the humble, even more than the greater, the richer, the abled, and the prideful. He doesn't love you for what you have. He loves you for your heart. Are you impressed? My wife runs River Kids, so you know, I'm very impressed. I mean, this is, you can't get this from school. You, this is just awesome. This is kind of the foundation you want for your kids to have. So I'm just really blown away by that. We're going to be joined by our kids uh, when we are celebrating Easter with worship. And it's going to be fun. So when they come in, smile at them, you know. Be welcoming, and uh, you're going to have a great time. Personally, I had a wonderful, encouraging time this season. You know, my prayer, my big ask, has been around my internal state, actually, how I feel about life, because I have actually been kind of down and discouraged lately, because... I, many of you know I have chronic pain. I have disc issues in my neck and my back. I have neurological pain 24-7. And that's hard to deal with. After a while, it gets you down. Anybody deal with chronic pain or know someone who deals with chronic pain? Not easy. You know, it's easy to get down on life, you know, after a while. And then I look around, and I look around the world, and there's just no shortage of things that are alarming. <laughs> you know, uh, North Korea, I, I come from Korea, so that's, I have all my family there, my extended family is there, so that's really alarming. And uh, every week it seems like someone important is leaving the White House or State Department, <laughs> And just get alarmed. It's like these are leaders who are supposed to get you through these difficult times when you look around and you see the shootings and marches and counter-marches. And, and you read the news and, and you just think, wow, 
Now, this world and this life, it can feel like life can grind you down. And you look around, it can get you down. Anybody, anybody feel like that at any point? Like, you feel troubled by your life or the world, and you just get worried, and you, it just seems a little discouraging? Anybody? So you can relate. You're in the right place. We are in the right place. And so that's how I've been. And and so I've been praying to God to restore my sense of joy and optimism and and so that my life can be, so I can live with hope rather than feeling like, I've got to get through that subway, so many people, you know. You know what I mean, right? And it's strange, nothing has changed, but God has answered my prayer. I just feel this a lot more sense of hope and sense of joy, sense of life. I mean, seriously, nothing has changed, really. Circumstances, it seems, are are more discouraging than encouraging, actually. But it's not about the circumstances. It's not about the circumstances. It's about how we are looking at it, and it's about what we are seeing in it, and how we are responding to it, and and that has really changed. It's like last week, our guest speaker, he, he was awesome, wasn't he? He talked about, you can look at the waves, and you can look at the troubles, or you can look at, or you can look at Jesus. And if you just keep looking at the troubles, you just sink. <laughs> But if you look at Jesus, there's something strange that happens that lifts you up, that helps you to walk through all those troubles, like walking on water, like something strange and miraculous happens where your life takes on a a new dimension, where your life flows better than you have any right to expect. So we look at Jesus and we think, the cross. Now that was no joke. That's trouble. Whatever we are going through, that trouble probably trumps it, don't you think? And yet he went through it and he was resurrected. And that's what we are celebrating today, the resurrection life. A life that doesn't make sense. It's beyond the troubles. There's hope beyond the troubles that you see. Jesus is risen. You know, that is a very powerful declaration. And and, and sure, life can get difficult, and, and you can go look for trouble, and it's easy to see trouble everywhere. But that's not the final word for anyone who has faith in Jesus. The resurrection is the final word. The cross is not the final word. The death and the crucifixion and all those trouble is not the final word. The final word is resurrection. And that's what we are here to celebrate. Amen? Amen. 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 And I just want to say, hey, we look around and sure things can look difficult, and the world can look very troubling. And I just want to tell, I just want to say, I'm an avid reader of history. I love history, any kind of history. And I just have to tell you, things were worse 
2,000 years ago. <laughs> Even just 200 years ago, things were worse. Think about it. Women did not have right to vote 100 years ago. Whole people groups, millions of people had no rights as a human being. They were property. Just until recently, the whole world was like that. You know? And so, yeah, there is so much to do still, and we have a long way to go, and progress has been slow, but things have been getting better because ever since the cross, God has been on the move, not just for individuals, but for the whole of humanity, God has been on the move. The Bible tells us that Jesus died for every single one of us. No matter our race, our gender, our status, no matter who we are, the Bible tells us Jesus has been breaking down walls between every people group, between every people. There is no Jew or Gentile, free or slave, male or female in Christ Jesus, for you are all one in Christ. That is such a powerful statement. That's what the cross brought. 2,000 years ago, nobody thought like that. No one. This is totally new. You know, these days, uh, some kids in social media, they talk about blowing your mind, right? I mean, this may be old. I don't know. I mean, things get old every second, but, right? This, this, is, this blows your mind. 2,000 years ago, this was so far different from how everybody thought. But God has been on the move, and this has been the new foundation, the new basis for human beings to organize themselves, to live like this, all those progress we see for women's rights, for all people's rights, all those things, it began with the cross and the resurrection, with this declaration, we are all one and equal, no matter what we look like, what we are able to do, that is a powerful new thing. That's why the Bible tells us, behold, if anyone is in Christ, he is, he or she is new creation. There's a new creation God is unfolding through the resurrection. And we see evidence of that all around us in our internal experiences of these God stories, but also through history. God has been moving. And uh, that's just a really powerful thing to witness and see. So we've been looking at what that might mean. How do we live new? What is this new creation? What is this new way of life? So we've been looking at spin-free, judgment-free, despair-free, status-free, exclusion-free, anxiety-free life for the last six weeks. This life that's all in its fullness. Jesus promised, I am the resurrection and life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. This promise is not just about after death. This is about your life now that starts now that extends into eternity. You can live life half dead. If you are fixated on anxiety, despair, judgment, all those things, you will live life half dead. The resurrection life has come. The Bible says the light shines in the darkness. The darkness did not overcome it. No matter what trouble we are facing, 
no matter what death feels like, no matter the, the, the taste of death that's in your life, in your own personal life, around the world that you see, no matter what's going on, there is power in faith. There's power in living in the resurrection life, believing beyond what you see. Amen? So our next sermon series is going to be called Power of Faith. We're going to talk about power of faith for joy, for resilience, for keep going. It's going to be very powerful. So please join us starting next week. We're going to talk about how life can be lived with wind at your back. Sounds good?